0: good morning. I hope everyone is well in this trying time. And I thought I'd share with you some of my favorite readings on one of my favorite holidays, which is Tolkien Reading Day. We're going to have some Bilbo-centric readings from two gorgeous books, of course The Hobbit, and from Bilbo's Last Song. Bilbo's Last Song was actually a poem uh, written by Tolkien, Specifically to one of his friends, who later published it, and then it was illustrated, as you can see here, by Pauline Baines. And it's really a lovely book. So we're going to start with the poem Bilbo's Last Song, and then I have a quote from The Hobbit that I think we will find encouraging. To provide a little context, this is from the perspective of Bilbo leaving Middle-earth as he's traveling at the end of The Lord of the Rings to the Grey Havens. Day is ended, dim my eyes, but journey long before me lies. Farewell, friends, I hear the call, the ships beside the stony wall. Foam is white and waves are gray, beyond the sunset leads my way. Foam is salt, the wind is free, I hear the rising of the sea. Farewell, friends, the sails are set, the wind is east, the moorings fret. Shadows long before me lie beneath the ever-bending sky. But islands lie behind the sun that I shall raise ere all is done. Lands there are to west of west where night is quiet and sleep is rest. Guided by the lonely star beyond the utmost harbor bar. I'll find the havens fair and free and beaches of the starlit sea. Ship, my ship, I seek the west and fields and mountains ever-blessed. Farewell to Middle-earth at last, I see the star above your mast. And that's the end. Now, lest we get too depressed, because it is kind of a bittersweet poem, we're going to do uh, an encouraging bit from The Hobbit. Times being what they are, I find this particular passage always fun and encouraging. This is from chapter five of The Hobbit, Riddles in the Dark. When Bilbo opened his eyes, he wondered if he had, for it was just as dark as with them shut. No one was anything near him, anywhere near him. Just imagine his fright. He could hear nothing, see nothing, and he could feel nothing except the stone of the floor. Very slowly he got up and groped about on all fours till he touched the wall of the tunnel, but neither up nor down it could down it could he find anything, nothing at all. No sign of goblins, no sign of dwarves. His head was swimming, and he was far from certain even of the direction they had been going in when he had his fall. He guessed as well as he could and crawled along for a good way till suddenly his hand met what felt like a tiny ring of cold metal lying on the floor of the tunnel. It was a turning point in his career, but he did not know it. He put the ring in his pocket, almost without thinking, Certainly it did not seem of any particular use at the moment. He did not go much further, but sat down on the cold floor and gave himself up to complete miserableness for a long while. He thought of himself frying bacon and eggs in his own kitchen at home, for he could feel inside that it was high time for some meal or other, but that only made him miserabler. He could not think what to do, nor could he think what had happened, or why he had been left behind, or why, if he had been left behind, the goblins had not caught him, or even why his head was so sore. The truth was he had been lying quiet, out of sight and out of mind, in a very dark corner for a long while. After some time he felt for his pipe. It was not broken, and that was something. Then he felt for his pouch, and there was some tobacco in it, and that was something more. Then he felt for matches, and he could not find any at all, and that shattered his hopes completely. Just as well for him as he agreed when he came to his senses. Goodness knows what the striking of matches and the smell of tobacco would have brought on him out of dark holes in that horrible place. Still, at the moment he felt very crushed, but in slapping all his pockets and feeling all round himself for matches, his hand came on the hilt of his little sword, the little dagger that he got from the troll's, and that he had quite forgotten not fortunately had the got nor fortunately had the goblins noticed it as he wore it inside his breeches now he drew it out it shone pale and dim before his eyes so it is an elvish blade too he thought and goblins are not very near yet not far enough but somehow he was comforted It was rather splendid to be wearing a blade made in gondolin for the goblin wars, of which so many songs had sung, and also he had noticed that such weapons made a great impression on goblins that came upon them suddenly. Go back, he thought. No good at all. Go sideways? Impossible. Go forward? Only thing to do. On we go. So up he got, and trotted along with his little sword held in front of him, and one hand feeling the wall and his heart all of a pitter and a patter. Happy Tolkien Reading Day!